Welcome everyone to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. Merry Bullmas to you and yours. Let's celebrate by going over Air Force's bowl triumph and the tough losses taken by San Jose State and Utah State. We also have this week's transfer portal update as well as the season notes for the three previously mentioned teams who are all done for the year. And we can't forget the Hikes Peak Weekly MVP. Let's not waste any more time. Here we go. Starting with the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas with Air Force at 8-4 taking on the 11-1 James Madison Dukes. The Falcons got on the board first with Emmanuel Michelle picking up 66 yards on five carries to get into the end zone. The Dukes would respond with star quarterback Jordan McLeod finding Phoenix Sproles from 18 yards out to tie the game. James Madison had a chance to take the lead after driving near Air Force's red zone, but safety Jonathan Youngblood intercepted Jordan McLeod, ending that drive. John Lee Eldridge III would pick up 51 yards on a third and short, setting up another one-yard touchdown run from Emmanuel Michelle. The two teams exchanged punts until the first half was pretty much done, but with 27 seconds left, Zach Larrier found Jared Rosnos wide open over the top for a 42-yard touchdown. With the score sitting at 21-7, the Dukes needed to get going, and they did after turning Air Force over on downs and marching down the field to cut the lead in half with Jordan McLeod's second touchdown throw of the day, but the Falcons' offense was firing on all cylinders this game. They killed five minutes of clock before Emmanuel Michelle broke free for 31 yards, going down at the one-yard line, where Zach Lariat cleaned it up on the next play. James Madison went three and out, and Air Force went into boa constrictor mode, running a 17-play, 10-minute-long drive that ended with a field goal. Trailing by three possessions, there wasn't much hope for the Dukes, but they did find the end zone one more time to cut the lead to 10, but with only three minutes left, it was all but over. Emmanuel Michelle pounded his way to two more first downs, and the Armed Forces Bowl Trophy officially returned to Colorado Springs for the second straight year. Final score, Air Force 31-21. Troy Calhoun and the Falcons end the losing streak at four, finishing 9-4 after their historic 8-0 start. Zach Larrier had his usual efficient day, 3-5, of 45 passing yards and a touchdown and he ran for 26 yards and a touchdown. Emmanuel Michelle was the hero today with 203 rushing yards which is good for a school bowl record and two touchdowns. Oh Richter had the best game of his career. Five tackles, four and a half tackles for loss and three sacks. Just ridiculous. And Jonathan Youngblood had three tackles, a deflection and an interception. Next we have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise, Idaho. Utah State taking on Georgia State in a battle of 500 teams, Georgia State struck first with Darren Granger sneaking it in from a yard out to go up 7 to nothing. The Aggies would quickly knot things up again with future Navy SEAL Levi Williams finding star receiver Jalen Royals for a 35-yard touchdown. This officially gave Royals the Utah State single-season record for touchdown catches. The Panthers kept their offensive momentum going with Freddie Brock breaking off a 60-yard run and Darren Granger once again QB sneaking his way into the end zone to go up by seven. Fast forward to two plays later and we're tied again with Devon Booth finding a crease and sprinting 65 yards untouched into the end zone. But Georgia State still had their foot on the gas driving into Aggie territory before Darren Granger found Tyleek Williams for the 27-yard score. That makes it five straight touchdown drives and it's still the first quarter. For whatever reason, Utah State was catatonic on offense after this point. After missing a field goal on their last 
drive, Levi Williams would throw a bad interception inside their own 20-yard line, giving the Panthers a free three points to make it 24-14. They would punt two more times before the end of the half, while Georgia State was able to push their lead to 17 by way of a Darren Granger touchdown pass to Kadarius Thompson. The Aggies punted for a third straight time to start the second half, which is when the nails were inserted into the coffin. Darren Granger continued to cut up Utah State's defense, finding Kadarius Thompson first for a 27-yard completion on third and nine, and then for a 37-yard touchdown. Now down 38-14, Blake Anderson tried a quarterback switch, but McKay Hillstead wasn't much better than Levi. The Panthers would find the end zone one more time before calling it a day, with Freddie Brock picking up 59 yards on three sequential carries to put his team up 45-14. The Aggies did score for the first time since the first quarter, with McKay Hillstead dinking and dunking his way down the field, eventually hitting Terrell Vaughn for the touchdown from two yards out. They added the two-point conversion, but this game ended two quarters ago. Final score, Georgia State 45-22. After winning three of their last four to get here, Utah State was simply outmatched by Georgia State's offense and will finish 6-7 and seven for the second straight year. Levi Williams struggled in what is his final collegiate game, 12 of 21, 131 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Devon Booth finished with 71 rushing yards and a touchdown. Pharrell Vaughn finished with 8 catches, 86 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Nice day for him. Jalen Royals had 3 catches, 57 receiving yards, and a touchdown. The record breaker, of course. Ike Larson and MJ Tafisi both had 11 tackles apiece. Jaden Francois had 9 tackles, 2 tackles for loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. And Paul Fitzgerald had himself a day with 4 tackles and 3 sacks. The two main reasons Utah State didn't win this game were Darren Granger and Freddie Brock. Granger finished 19 of 22, 257 passing yards, three touchdowns, and he ran for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Quite the day there. Freddie Brock, who filled in for All-American Marcus Carroll, who entered the portal, just had a school record of 276 rushing yards and a touchdown. Sometimes the offense just has a day like that and you can't do much to stop it. Last but not least is the easy post-Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu with San Jose State taking on Coastal Carolina. Both these teams are 7-5. and five. Our final bowl game to go over was a slugfest. The Chanticleers were the first to find the scoreboard with backup quarterback Ethan Vasco, who started in place of star Grayson McCall, who entered the portal, hitting Matt Alimo from two yards out for the game's opening touchdown. That was it for the scoring this half, with both teams punting twice and turning it over on downs once. The Spartans finally showed signs of life getting into the red zone for the first time all game, but Kyrie Robinson would cough up the football at the six-yard line. Coastal Carolina, not scared by starting their drive at the two-yard line, proceeded to move 98 yards down the field to go up 14-0 on another short touchdown pass from Ethan Vasco. As if it couldn't get worse, Lightning would strike twice with Kyrie Robinson picking up 20 yards before again fumbling it away. The Chanticleers settled for a field goal, but the outlook for San Jose State, being down 17-0 in the fourth quarter was far from ideal. That wouldn't stop the Spartans from fighting, though. They got to Coastal's 35-yard line, and on fourth and nine, Chevin Corriero rolled out of the pocket and found a wide-open Sam Olson for their first points of the game, cutting the deficit to 10. The Spartans' defense forced a three and out, and San Jose State found the end zone again, this time with Quali Conley, taking it in from 12 yards out. Somehow, the Spartans are only down three with eight and a half minutes remaining. After getting punched in the mouth for the first time all game, the 
Chanticleers regrouped and methodically moved down the field, devouring time as they did. With three minutes left, Coastal had the ball at the eight-yard line with third and four in front of them. Ethan Vasco threw a jump ball to his star receiver, Sam Pinckney, who stabbed the ball out of the air with one hand for the game-clinching touchdown. An unbelievable grab, but it's slightly tainted when you realize that the reason why he caught it with one hand was because his other hand was firmly locked onto the corner's face mask. No penalty was called, and the game was essentially over. San Jose State got into field goal range to give themselves a chance, but they missed the 32-yard attempt, officially awarding the Hawaii Bowl to Coastal Carolina. The Spartans entered the game as one of the hottest teams in the country, but they just ran out of gas offensively. While it's a rough way to end your season, San Jose State still put together a solid year, finishing 7-6. and six. In Chevin Cordero's final collegiate game, he played fine, I'd say, 16 of 30, 215 passing yards, a touchdown, and 59 rushing yards. Kyrie Robinson, who has been so good for this team all year, just had one of his weaker days, 67 rushing yards and two fumbles. Sam Olson was their leading receiver with four catches, 96 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, Brian Parham racked up 12 tackles, and Trey Smith had eight tackles and a sack. It was really surprising how well Ethan Vasco played, despite it being one of his first starts and against a very good San Jose State team. He still went 20 of 33, 199 passing yards, and three touchdowns, and was also the Chanticleers' leading rusher with 50 yards. And of course, Sam Pinckney, their star wide receiver, finished with eight catches, 123 receiving yards, and the touchdown with one hand that ended the game with an asterisk. With the bowl games out of the way, here is your update on how the transfer portal is affecting the Mountain West. We'll start with New Mexico star offensive tackle J.C. Davis officially committing to Illinois. Breakout safety Devin Dye from Utah State officially committed to Kansas. San Diego State got a solid commitment from Colorado tight end Michael Harrison coming over to join Sean Lewis. Hawaii does lose offensive tackle Josh Atkins to the portal, but they did land Nevada edge rusher Deion Washington. And last but not least, Colorado State freshman corner TJ Crandall committed to West Virginia. Now it's time to take a look back at what Air Force, Utah State, and San Jose State accomplished this year, along with which players their fans should thank for making this year's successes happen. Starting with Air Force, entering the year, the quarterback position was a huge question mark. Then senior track star Zach Lariat emerged. He threw for almost 800 yards and seven touchdowns and was the Falcons' second leading rusher with 605 rush yards and six touchdowns. While Emmanuel Michelle didn't win Offensive Player of the Year like Brad Roberts did, he was still Air Force's most effective weapon on the ground. He was second in the Mountain West in attempts, fifth in rushing yards with 950, and fifth in rushing touchdowns with 11. John Lee Eldridge III also left his mark with nearly 600 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, as well as leading the conference in yards per attempt. The stalwart Falcons defense was led by the captain, Trey Taylor. He racked up 74 tackles, five tackles for loss, and three interceptions, earning him the Jim Thorpe Award for the nation's best defensive back. Alec Mock cemented himself as Air Force's main linebacker with 93 tackles, good for ninth in the conference, five tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles. Two pass rushers dominated the stat sheet for the Falcons. Bo Richter led the Mountain West in tackles for loss with 19 and a half, tied for the lead in forced fumbles with three, and was third with 10 sacks. As far as I can tell, Richter did set the school record for tackles for loss in a season, so congrats to you, Bo. DJ Ramsey also had a great year with 11 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks. The last player 
on the defense, we have to mention his safety, Jonathan Youngblood. He was second on the team with 85 tackles and also had three interceptions. Though some Air Force fans may be disappointed that the team fell short of the New Year's Six bid, they still won their third bowl game in a row. They've gone 29-10 and 10 over the last three seasons, which is the best stretch of Falcon football since 1983 to 1985, when they went 10-2, 8-4, and finally 12-1, and one, being ranked as high as fourth in the polls. Now moving on to Utah State, the Aggies had two running backs in the conference's top 10 in rushing yards, one of only three teams that can claim that, which is Boise State and San Jose State. But what makes their tandem even more unique is that Rashul Faison and Devon Booth are both first-year junior college transfers. Booth led the team with 806 rushing yards and six touchdowns, while Faison added 736 rushing yards and five scores. You can't can't talk about Utah State without raving about their receivers. Slotman Terrell Vaughn was as advertised, finishing second in the Mountain West in catches with 89, fifth in receiving yards with 933, and second in touchdowns with 11, which also ties for third in school history. Not to be outdone, Jalen Royals, who entered the year without a catch in his career, exploded for a school record and nation-leading 15 touchdowns, 71 catches, which is good for fifth, and 1,080 receivers yards, which is third in the conference and 10th in school history. He's firmly established himself as one of the best players in the Mountain West. By the way, Vaughn and Royals are both former JUCO players. See a theme here? Defensively, Utah State relied heavily on their two stars, linebacker MJ Tafisi and safety Ike Larson. Tafisi left everything he had on the field, ending the year with seven and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and an absolutely ridiculous 142 tackles. That number led the Mountain West was fifth in the nation and tied for ninth most in school history. Larson broke out as a playmaker in 2022, but ascended to stardom this year. His 103 tackles placed seventh in the Mountain West and his four interceptions tied for the league lead. Both players are well on their way to playing on Sundays. The last Aggie I want to highlight is freshman edge rusher Paul Fitzgerald. I know I've already given him his flowers. He did win our Hikes Peak Defensive Freshman of the Year award, but he deserves a couple more. Fitzgerald amassed 45 tackles, 9 tackles for loss, which ties for 9th in the conference, and 8 sacks, which puts him at 4th. Since taking over the reins in 2021, Blake Anderson has made 3 straight bowl games and won 23 games, which is about where Matt Wells had them before he left. Utah State is probably the most stable program in the conference apart from Air Force at this point. And finally, it's San Jose State. The Spartans had the definition of a roller coaster season, but through all of it, their quarterback was the one leading the troops. Chevin Cordiero threw for 2,773 yards, good for fifth in the Mountain West, and 20 touchdowns, which tied for fourth, as well as tying for eighth most in school history. He also ran for 272 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe the stats aren't as gaudy as some would have expected coming into the season, considering he won the Conference Preseason Offensive Player of the Year award, but he was incredibly consistent and essential as a leader. The run game was the drive force behind some of San Jose State's biggest moments this year. For that, you can thank Kyrie Robinson and Quali Conley. Robinson had a truly legendary campaign, setting a school record and leading the Mountain West with 18 rushing touchdowns, as well as running for nearly 1,200 yards, which is second most in the conference and eighth in school history. Conley, who transferred in from Utah Tech, was arguably one of the best backup running backs in the country, finishing seventh in the Mountain West in rush yards with 842 and tying for sixth with nine rushing scores. As Robinson ends his Spartan career,
career, it'll be on QC to set some records of his own. Nick Nash sees the role of wide receiver one, finishing 10th in the conference in yards with 728 and tying for fifth in touchdown catches with eight. The defense turned the corner in the second half of the season, in no small part thanks to the emergence of Cal Poly transfer Javion Cole. He racked up 38 tackles, three interceptions, and 10 deflections, which tied for second most in the Mountain West. The linebacker duo of Brian Parham and Jordan Pollard was the backbone of the Spartans defense. Parham tied for fifth in the conference with 106 tackles, along with five tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, and a pick. Pollard broke out with 79 tackles, four tackles for loss, and two interceptions. The last San Jose State player all spotlight is sophomore edge rusher Trey Smith. He finished the year with 66 tackles, which is wild for a defensive lineman, nine and a half tackles for loss, which tied for seventh in the Mountain West, and six and a half sacks, which tied for sixth. What Brett Brennan has done during his time in San Jose has been spectacular. While he is still looking for his first bowl win as a head coach, he sent his team to back-to-back bowl games for the first time since 1986-1987, and it's the first time since 1991 to 1992 that the Spartans have had back-to-back winning seasons. Brennan is the definition of a program builder. Our second bowl week hikes peak MVP was a no-brainer. It's going to Air Force fullback Emmanuel Michelle. Come on down, man. Congratulations. You ran for over 200 yards and two touchdowns in what could be argued was your team's most important game of the year, setting a school bowl record in the process. Sounds like the best player of the week to me. Great job, Emmanuel. Congrats on a heck of a career and the win. That's it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode where we'll break down the final two bowl games for the Mountain West featuring UNLV and Wyoming. We'll also look at the stat leaderboards to see who contributed the most in the Mountain West this year. If you enjoyed the episode, rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on or leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing helps the show out more than that, so any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Thank you again for listening. Hope you had a Merry Christmas or some well-deserved time off. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.